No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Good Wednesday to you. No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Wednesday. Sean, it's my favorite time of the year. You want to know why it's my favorite time of the year? Why is that, Schubert? We have reached a portion of the year that while I am doing podcasting and video-related work, on the other screen, there's a fantasy baseball draft going on. I am multitasking. I have officially reached the point of the year where I have to be multitasking with all the other work that I'm doing. So I'm looking at you on the one screen, but over to the right, Sean, is a live fantasy baseball draft that is going on that I am keeping tabs on. I made my first pick already. I'm waiting for it to come back around to me. Uh, this pick, uh, th- these, th- this draft's going to go on for days. We have uh, 17 days until the season begins. This is a multi-day process. You have four hours to make your pick, maybe a four-hour window. So this will be going for a while. It's a keeper okay. league. Hang on, hang league. on, hang on, hang on. We, league. I do believe last year at this time we were golfing because I remember you telling me about this as Same we were league. golfing. Yes. Same league. Explain yourself as to why you would need four days to make a pick. I would it's not four days. It's four hours. Four hours. Same difference. I would lose my mind on that. Why in the world do you need four hours to make a pick? So, one, we don't like to use the live draft format because it puts a lot of pressure on, you know, getting everybody together for one period of time. Two, this is a keeper's league, so we want people to make good decisions. We want them to feel good about their picks. Listen, people are at work. They're busy. They got stuff going on. Some stuff comes up. So we give a nice four-hour window for people to uh, to make picks. Now, I will have you know that I notoriously in last year's draft was one of the uh, the victims of using all four hours, and sometimes I got my picks in a little late. So I, I appreciate the four-hour window to be able to make these trades. But yeah, this is going to be going on during, a, during the show. So if you see me a little distracted, it's because I'm on the clock i might have to be making a pick so i just want you to be to, to, to recognize that in the next couple of weeks it might be uh might be in this so schubert i'm just so. going to say this once <laughs> that whole thing is embarrassing let's not bring that up on the program ever again okay surprise just I'm surprised i didn't get the 60 seconds of baseball music in the just, background i should have done that you're well above the 60 seconds but the whole thing is it's as embarrassing as the all elite AEW wrestling beanie you're currently wearing on the video yes, portion of this I have show. A, I have a, with I have your a with your yeah. with your uh, your <laughs> your Coyotes Kachina t-shirt. That's right. You are styling today and um, nerding out with the baseball. I feel good for you because you look happy. So that, that's Thank all that matters. You. I appreciate it. Yes, mm-hmm. I am like a kid on Christmas. That being said, let's tell everybody <laughs> what is in the lead today on a Wednesday. This is the one they're talking about. Sean, it's finally happened. We have a number that we can work with. What we have the salary cap number for the 2021 season. It has officially been set. We knew what the floor was going to be. Now we know what the salary cap itself is going to be. And Sean, close to being the same. $182.5 million. So you basically got an additional $2 million from where we thought the floor was going to be. And uh, let me do a quick check here, Sean. Going over to cap.com, punching in the numbers. Yep, the Saints still over the cap uh, on overthecap.com. They're still there uh, with a ton of money. Uh, There are going to be a lot of teams. Uh, Vikings, Buccaneers, Giants, Packers, Falcons, Bears, Chiefs, Eagles, Saints, Rams, all teams that currently sit in the red, and they have to get under the cap before March 17th, a week from today, Sean. But now we have the number, and now we know what the Cardinals and the rest of the league are going to be operating under for the 2021 season. Saints not just over the cap. They're $31 million in the red right now, according to overthecap.com. And 
They've been making Oops. moves today. We're already going to we're going to get into some of those coming up here in a few minutes. Some of the uh, some of the moves in the National Football League. A wide receiver, a Pro Bowl wide receiver from the Saints, gone. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll let you know which one that is here in a little bit. But um, yeah, they got they got some work to do. They they definitely have some work to do. But listen, if you're a GM in the NFL, you've been waiting for this, right? The uh, NFLPA and the Players Association, and the league have to have to agree to it and then go forward and. Uh, finally, it's set. You know, what's funny is is it feels like it's so late. Did you know last year it wasn't set until the fifteenth? It, it was right it, before. It, it wasn't yeah. even set until the fifteenth, right before the, the new league year on the seventeenth. It feels like we're so late, but this really isn't as late as we've been before. So, um, yeah, it's good to finally have that number. If you're a GM, if you're a fan of a football team, you have an idea of what ballpark your team is playing in when it comes to spending and in free agency, which starts up next week, a week from today, as you mentioned. So. Um, now it's good to have that number. Now we see where you're at. Cardinals right now, 14 and a half is what I've got in front of me in terms of cap space, but that, that they're not done trimming the fat. They've got some work to do that they can still open it up. Schubert, you have some numbers that you've uh, finagled their cap because you're a, like you spend four hours on one baseball pick. Of course, you're going to play with the salary cap numbers. Uh, so we'll get into those coming up in 10 minutes. But yeah, it's good news if you're a GM in the National Football League. You have an idea of what you're working with. And now that we have a complete picture, we will talk about what this might mean for the Arizona Cardinals and what uh, you know sandboxes they can realistically play in in terms of making additions to this football team. Sean, big story. Probably should have led with this in the lead today. Sun Devils Pac-12 tournament starts today. Yeah. More importantly, more importantly, yeah. The streak goes back on the line. You told me in the pre-show you are filling in. You are on color commentary today. So the record that Sean Crespin has filling in at these events is on the line today. I can see the smile on your face you're excited about this this is a big responsibility for you this streak is something that you hold near and dear to your heart it's a pretty big deal it don't is don't screw it up it's it's a big enough deal to try to fill the shoes of one kyle dodd the tremendous color analyst for the sun Devil radio network for men's basketball it's a big enough deal just to fill those shoes not only do i have to fill those shoes but i'm right i'm a heat i'm on a heater right now I, i've won my last three fill-in games so we'll see if we can get us a win here and win round one of the pac-12 tournament that's coming up in just a few hours from when we're recording this thing right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, if they win today, so understand we're recording this on Wednesday, they will play Oregon, the number one seed, tomorrow at noon, which yours truly will also be on the color analyst duties for that game as well, should that happen. So we'll see. Dude, but if they if they run the table with you on color commentary, God's man. out. Dodd's out. Dodd's got to go. If we end up winning, the, we win four straight, we win the Pac-12 tournament, and then we head out to the NCAAs, Dodd's out. I'm sorry, dude. You had a good run. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was, you know, hate and to I'll see even, it this way. And for, and well, for, you pipped him. And yeah, well, and at that point, just for the good of the program, I'll just, I'll do it for free. I, you know, I'll, I'll do it for free. Just to keep for the good of the program going, if this streak is that good, if we win four straight games, I will return next year. I will personally hand Dodd a thank you, but go home letter, and then I will do it for free. Uh, I just want to make uh, make sure everybody knows Kyle Dodd, friend of the program. So we're having a little <laughs> He's fun a good with friend Kyle. Of mine. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very good friend of the show, so we're having a little fun there. Uh, Sean, I told you a story here in the pre-show that uh, you were very excited about, and I'm wearing the, the Arizona uh, Coyotes uh, Kachina shirt today. You're not a big hockey guy. Let's just call it what it is. You're not a big hockey guy. I don't here. hate the uh, game, but I'm not, just not a no, big hockey guy. you don't hate guy. the game. Just yeah. not, it's not your thing, right? Mm-hmm. When I told you today that ESPN and the National Hockey League came to a deal to put the rights to, to some NHL games on ABC and ESPN, you were like, this is a big deal for hockey. You were excited about this. Well, it's a huge deal for hockey. Listen, for casual hockey fans like myself, you know, I obviously follow the Yotes and, you know, make, make sure I know where they're at and what they're doing on a nightly basis. But 
In terms of the game overall, you got to hunt down NBC Sports Network. You got to hunt down this network to find a game if you're interested in watching one. This is a big deal. I mean, even the, even the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're trying to find, damn, I'm on DirecTV. What channel is NBC Sports Network? You know, or, or, or what, what, what random channel is the game on? No, man, you're going to have the Stanley Cup finals on ESPN and on ABC. I mean, over net, mm-hmm. over network. That's for the, for hockey itself. This is huge news. It's just going to put it, it's going to put it in front of more eyeballs um, just naturally as people are going through there every day, not having to search it out. Let me let me give you some of the specifics about this deal because ESPN put out a press release. Uh, ABC and ESPN will have four of the next Stanley Cup Finals. That starts next year. It does not start this year. Let me make that very clear. A- ABC and ESPN will have one conference final each year. There will be 25 regular season games on ABC or ESPN, and ESPN Plus will stream more than 1,100 games. So you know how you normally have NHL TV, Sean? It's not going to exist anymore. All these games are going to be behind the ESPN Plus paywall. So if you have ESPN Plus, you're going to be able to have access to all of these games. ESPN Plus and Hulu will also exclusively stream 75 national games. Now, the, the, the I guess the downside to this, the price of that Disney bundle is going to go up. That Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu ad-supported plan that you've heard everybody talking about, it's now going to be $13.99 per month. I think it was $12.99 previously. I'm out. The same no, the same no <laughs> ad bundle will be $19.99 per month. But, but Sean, this is, I, I think this is interesting for a couple of reasons. I think this is good for the National Hockey League, but I also think this is extremely telling. There's a lot of streaming elements to this. There's ESPN Plus, there's Hulu. National games are going to be on those streaming platforms, not just on ABC or ESPN. Is this the way that sports rights are going to go? We are going to see what it looks like with the new NFL deal that's supposed to be announced here, you know, any day now. And I think that's something to keep an eye on and how much of this stuff gets pushed more towards the streaming route. I think the thing with the NFL that's really going to be fascinating, not only the deals this year, but the direct TV deal for Sunday, Sunday tickets, tickets is available. coming up in a, no, just a, it's got another year or two. But when it does come up, do they look at more of just a, a streaming type service? And I've always thought, you know, with with technology nowadays, why not offer it per team? Like I get the ticket because I want to see every snap of my Raiders. That and I'm obsessed with everything else too. So I have the I have the you know the the screen that it gives you all eight the games Octobox. at once on, and that's awesome. But if you were to tell me, okay, Crespin, you can spend. $350 a year to have every single game or 150 bucks you get every every Raider game. Sign me up for the second one. Whatever. You know, I get NFL Game Pass as well because I also like to watch the actual game film, you know, all 22 feeds and whatnot. Yes. So um, I get that every year anyway. So, you know, I mean, sign me up. So that'll be fascinating to see if they do move on from DirecTV just because the streaming services, the, the amount of smart TVs that are out there now that have a television with apps, apps available and, and everything yeah. else. It, the numbers getting up to the point where you can probably do a strictly streaming thing and still see numbers. I think Thursday night football this year is going to go um, Amazon Prime, I believe, is is potentially going pr- to pick up the Thursday night package and it will be streaming only uh, unless your team is playing in it. Uh, so I, it those kind of deals are being thrown out there right now. If your team's playing in it, you'll still have the the regular broadcast on on CBS, Fox, whichever one picks it up. But they're they're leaning towards the the um, the streaming side of things, so that'll be fascinating to see where it goes. Yeah, and I think from the business side of sports, that's the the, the big takeaway I had from this is that will we see more of this stuff go towards 
the streaming route uh, because there's so many people that are using those platforms. Sunday Ticket, Sean, was kind of ahead of its time when it was created. Yeah. Right? It was created yeah. before streaming was a thing. Now you have the MLB TVs of the world, the NHL TVs of the world, the NBA League passes. I wonder if Sunday Ticket starts to go in that direction and offer maybe an over-the-top service on their own or if they you know, license it out to an ESPN Plus or to an Amazon Prime or to one of those uh, Fox Sports Go, a place like that that can allow that those places to thrive. But those are my instant reactions. Big thing, big news for the NHL getting that deal with ESPN. All right, that's everything that we have for you in the lead. Coming up next on No Bowl with Chris Cressman and Simone, the franchise tag deadline has come and gone. We know what the salary cap is going to be for 2021. So what does the offseason picture look like now for the Arizona Cardinals? We'll get into it next here on No Bowl with Chris Cressman and Simone. 6,458 vehicles available at your fingertips right now. That's right. You can browse them all. You're in the market for a new vehicle. Guarantee you there's something for you within those 6,458 vehicles available on nobull.com across their 17 brands and 21 locations. Earnhardt Auto Centers has got you covered, and it couldn't be easier than it is right now. Nobull.com is where you want to go. Browse all of their vehicles. Experience the Earnhardt difference to world-class service and prices that can't be beat. The name that you know you can trust. The family you know you can trust. Locally owned and operated since 1951, and you can get all of it right now at nobull.com. And of course, with the Noble Express option, they're going to bring a vehicle to your front door. You can test drive it for the day. You can fill out the financial application online. They're going to bring your ride to your front door. Schubert, I'm still waiting for you to click on that tab. Just go to nobull.com, right in the middle of the header at the top of the page. You can't miss it. No Bull Express. It couldn't be easier. It's nobull.com. Earnhardt Auto Centers. That ain't no bull. It has been a pretty busy week, Sean, in the National Football League. Tuesday was the deadline for the franchise tags at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Nine players ultimately got that tag. Is Simon Reddick not one of those players? We will discuss him here in just a minute. We also learned today, this morning, Wednesday, salary cap is going to be 182 and a half. And I'm reading a tweet here from Adam Schefter while we are doing the podcast. The teams are expecting the National Football League to announce this year's compensatory picks today. So a very busy week in the National Football League. We understand, we know how big those compensatory picks are for teams. Uh, those are just extra draft capital that yeah, you're able to, uh, to potentially end up with a third rounder. I mean, what the heck? There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, those, those are definitely value picks that can turn into uh, to big-time players for your team. So something to keep an eye on later on today is that we will get those as well. But okay, Sean, I mentioned it. Hassan Reddick didn't get the franchise tag. The salary cap space is $182.5 million. We now are able to take that 10,000-foot view with more complete information and look at what the Arizona Cardinals are going to be able to do this offseason. We're still in hypothetical land, which is where we've been probably the last four or five weeks on this show and doing this conversation. But we have a lot more information than we've ever had before when having this conversation. We now know that they did not tag Hassan Reddick. So the only way he is coming back is if they give him a brand new contract. And we know how much money they have in free agency. With a $182.5 million cap, we have to include what the Cardinals' rollover cap is. Their number is actually north of that $182.5 million number because they have the rollover cap. They come in at about $14.5 million, Sean, that they are going to have to spend $14.588 million in salary cap space. That is official. That is a number that we can actually work with because their salary cap is $192 million with that rollover amount. So it feels good to have a better picture of this, Sean. You and I were kind of in the pre-show when we were, we were planning out the show. We were looking at some of the free agent positions and saying, okay, what tier of guys are the Cardinals going to be able to be in? And it feels much better to have that conversation now that we know what the number will be. But again, it's still not a complete number. And we are still just doing good old-fashioned, you know, just suppose it, because they are going to open up some more cap space. You're going to see that if you think the Arizona Cardinals are done trimming the fat, you're wrong. You know, there's still going to be some moves to be made. You know, you mentioned earlier in the pre-show meeting that 
you know, you played with some guys that you could see being gone or restructured and, and, and got, got the Cardinals near or, uh, $40 million in cap space available to them. So they're going to be able to make some moves and try to improve this roster in different ways and getting creative with the cap. But it is nice to see that number where it's at. And with Hassan Reddick, you know, you brought him up. I wanted to touch on him for a bit. It's the smart move to not franchise tag him. It just is. What is it going to be, 15 and some change? For the well, now that we tag. have the cap number, we'll have a better look at what the uh, what the uh, tag numbers are going to be. But yes, it was, it was supposed to be in that fourteen to fifteen. It's just too much. Range. Let him hit the market. Obviously, if you if you if you if you want to bring him back, you stay in touch with Hassan Reddick. You stay in touch with his people, and you know you see what the market's going to bear. Let him hit the market, see where it's at. If it's if if he ends up in a number above what you're trying to pay, you're moving on, and I think you still feel okay with with your your ability to get after the quarterback. With Hassan Reddick being gone, J.J. Watt being in, so you're feeling okay there. The smart move to not franchise tag him, and we all thought that was going to be the case after the J.J. Watt signing anyway, so it wasn't a surprise to see that news come across the wire yesterday. But um, you're going to have some. You're going to you have to get a little bit creative if you want to improve upon this roster. Obviously, the position for me is still corner. I still need to see you go after a corner. I still need to see you go after a wide receiver. See if you can add to that room as well. And I think. I think the wide receiver group in free agency is is deep. I think you can find some talent Very there, deep. and you can find it probably at a bargain. The cornerback is different. That's going to be that's going to be interesting to see where you're able to improve that room via free agency. I think you're definitely going to do it in both free agency and in uh, the draft. But that that's that that's still the position to me that that just jumps off the page that you got to do something, uh, and we'll see where they end up. I did some just supposing, Sean. You mentioned it, so I actually did it. So I want I want to go through these moves with you because I created more cap space for the Cardinals, and I want you to tell me how unrealistic any of these moves are. Okay. Okay. So you can tell me if I'm if I'm completely out of left field on mm-hmm. this. I did I did basic restructures for DJ Humphreys and DeAndre Hopkins, converting their salaries into bonuses, so putting their base salaries down to the minimums at those positions, and then turning that money into prorated bonuses, lowering their cap numbers, creating some cap space. You fine with that? You fine with those basic restructures that I was as able long to as they're okay with it? Sure. Why not? Well, Right, right, right. Again, that's a, if you're just going to play with another man's money like that, Schubert, but, I'm fine with it. It's I mean, not they, mine. I mean, I mean, they get the money either way. It just gets turned into a bonus <laughs> instead of a base salary. But fine, okay. Your point, mm-hmm. point is very well taken. I then just <laughs> cut Justin Pugh, Robert Alford, and Max Williams. Just cut those guys. Well, I was fine so, with. You know, we've what? been talking about that for a couple of weeks now. Justin Pugh's probably that cap number is too big. Robert Alford situation. You can save another seven million dollars there if you cut him. Uh, I would. I, I told you last week. I'd try to renegotiate in some way. And you'll see if you can get Fair. it down. I, I would, you know, because right now it's a $9 million cap hit, right? You can save seven and some change if you cut him. But I think you can probably get that number. You can probably get him because of the injury situation and the fact that if they do cut him and he hits the market, he's not going to have a big time market. See if you can get him on a one year Drake Kirkpatrick prove it type deal where it's a million and a half, two million, whatever. You're still saving roughly $7 million, but you're also keeping somebody in the cornerback room that is familiar with what you're trying to accomplish defensively i understand he hasn't played in two years but he's been there since vance joseph has been there he's probably under he's in a situation where he understands what they're trying to accomplish and if he can stay healthy he's a piece for you so you're so desperate in that room i don't know if i just flat out cut robert alford i think i try to negotiate with him if i can uh just to renegotiate that contract get it down to you know a situation that works for both parties because Again, you're looking for any help you can get in that room, and you're looking for it on the cheap. And if you can get him on the cheap, why not, right? I mean, why not? And I'll, I'll, add, I'll add to this, right, that I don't think any of these five moves are completely, you know, this isn't 
big time moves that I made. I think these are basic things that are at Steve Kimes' disposal in order to create more money for next season. I didn't even go down the route that you know that I've been talking about on this show a lot is a extension of Chandler Jones that rips up this year of that deal and changes that cap number down from 20.8 to something that gives them even more flexibility. But just the moves that I made, Sean, got them to $40.3 million in cap space. So I have them at $40 million in cap space with those moves, and I don't think I drastically altered what their needs were. Yes, I cut Justin Pugh, and you're going to need offensive line depth, but I think Mm -hmm. you needed that regardless, right? You were already looking in that area anyway. I cut Robert Alford. You were already looking for corners anyway, and it's not like Robert Alford was a contributor to your team the last two seasons, and I think they were going to look for an upgrade at tight end anyway. So it's not like I've completely, you know, added five more needs to this team that that $40 million has to go to. The needs are basically the same. You now have more cap to do it. You know what the number is going to be. And I think at $40.3 million, Sean, they can go out to the wide receiver market. And I don't think they're going to be playing in the Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster tier of this market. But I think you look at A.J. Green. I think you could look at T.Y. Hilton, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis. Those are just a couple of names that I think salary-wise are going to be in the range of the Arizona Cardinals. I will, on this show, pound the table champion Corey Davis in this offense I think would be a lot of fun he had a great year in Tennessee really kind of found his stride as a number two option behind AJ Brown because AJ Brown was their top guy and I think he could find a similar type role here with DeAndre Hopkins as the number one Corey Davis is your number two he would provide a ton of value I think Curtis Samuel would as well but I, I would I would pound the table for Corey Davis as a potential option and he's certainly not going to cost you no. the 18 or 19 million dollars that a Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith-Schuster might cost you he's no, probably he, in that eight to ten million dollar range yeah he was 6.3 last year so I think eight is he'll get fair, a raise right he'll get a raise yeah. I think eight is fair I mean that's that's a nice name to look at I'll tell you this Tyrell Williams is a guy that I would keep an eye on uh, he, alert. where's the sounder you know right where's the side I told you sirens and, and a sounder but a reason I'm saying Tyrell Williams is you know he played he was with the Raiders for two years he got sideways on him due to injuries in both seasons he had uh he had plantar fasciitis in his foot in first year, he didn't play at all last year because of a shoulder injury. But the games he did play, and I think he played in five games. He had touchdowns in at least the first four. Um, he's an explosive guy that can stretch the field as well. And because of the injuries, you're probably going to be able to get him on the cheap. You know, with the Raiders, he was making $11 million a year. You can probably get him on the cheap. He's probably going to be around that $8, 9000000 million-ish range. Again, he's had some injury history the last couple of years. But he's a guy with a lot of speed, a guy with a lot of size, a guy that can go up and get it in the red zone. I mean, he's a he's that's a name I would keep an eye on. Or if I'm Steve Kime and I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I don't know if they have any interest or not. But that's that's a guy for me that I think can play in this league, especially as a number two. I mean, Raiders were looking to make him a number one, especially after the Antonio Brown fiasco. Uh, and and he was he was living up to it in the time that he played there. So that's a name I would keep an eye on as well. But yeah, that's probably the ballpark, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna find a number two wide out in free agency, eight nine million. If you're if you're able to make it work, like you were saying, uh, you know you get to the thirty million dollar ish, forty million dollar ish available. Right now you're sitting at fourteen. You, know, you spend eight or nine of it on a wide receiver. I have no heartburn there. You do need to look to upgrade. I think at center. And I don't know if you're going to want to do that through the draft. I know a name that people have brought up is is uh, Packers free agent Corey Lindsley a lot. Give Corey Lindsley the house. Give him all the money. But again, if you, you I mean, he made eight and a half last year. He's definitely getting a raise. So if centers in the league, yeah. So you know, if you're willing to, if you're looking for a luxury item in free agency, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, I think a luxury item would be upgrading at center with Corey Lindsley. Um, but you definitely have to do something about. 
the center position, in my opinion. You can't. Mason Cole's not going to cut it going forward. So that's another okay. one. If I had to, if I had to tier these, I'm going corner, uh, center, wide receiver would be what I'm looking for in free agency right now. Can I? Ask, so you kind of answered my question, but I'm going to ask it in a different way for the sake okay. of the podcast, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Of those three positions that you just named, which position? And I think the reason why this question is different because I think you need to take into account which talent is available there. Mm-hmm. Which position are you most comfortable maybe overpaying for? Which which position do you feel because either the market doesn't have a ton of a ton of names or because it's a really big need for the Cardinals? Are you willing for them to maybe invest a little bit more dollars in order to get their guy? Probably center. Because I think I think I'm it's ch- center. I'd, I think it's I would line. I would I would chase Corey Lindsley, yeah, or somebody else along the offensive line. Center to me is the biggest issue, um, but I, yeah, I would I would chase a Corey Lindsley, pay a little bit more there, you know, maybe flinch a little bit as I make the make make the deal, but. Ultimately, when I see him put it, you know, ink to paper, I'm thinking, damn, that's a good that 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 fixes a big one for us. I would probably I'd, I'd be willing to pay more there. Wide receiver again, you can get production from less if that makes sense. And you've already paid a big receiver, and you already right? paid you've a already big receiver. You have got something there, point. right? Well, and that's kind of how I felt about bringing in JJ Watt. Like hell, you already have Chandler Jones, and you were even without Chandler Jones last year, you were averaging three sacks a game and fourth in the NFL. Why are we spending a luxury? You know, price tag on J.J. Watt. To me, that that was you know one of my my drawbacks. If we're looking for the pros and cons on that one, but you don't have a center to speak of on this team that where you can go ah if we don't land if we don't land a Corey Lindsley or somebody of the likes that we're fine. We got Mason Cole. Like you don't you know that doesn't, it doesn't it, no no. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna overspend, I think I'll overspend there or corner. I just think there's more talent with center or there's less talent overall to fix the center's position than there is in the cornerback you know, depth chart of the free agents or de- the, uh, the depth of the free agent market. So I would probably overspend there, but my list of needs, corner and center, interchangeable, if you will, but I lean towards mm-hmm. corner because it's, it's just, it's, I, I'm not comfortable rolling in next year with Byron Murphy and a 16th overall pick. I'm just not. So I really feel like you got to do something there. Uh, you got to do something about the center position. And then, you, yes, you'd like to upgrade wide receiver. And then let's not forget a position we keep ignoring here is running back. You got to do something. Travis Etienne at 16, Sean. No, Don't worry God, about no. it. Travis Etienne at pick number 16. Do not spend that type of draft capital on a running back. I will lose my mind. Uh, but you do have to get some kind of depth there, right? Mm-hmm. Even if even if yeah, you're comfortable, even if you're comfortable with what Cliff Kingsbury said last week that the Cardinals are comfortable, if it comes to this having Chase Edmonds be your number one back and your bell cow, even if you buy into that, you still need some type of depth. So you're going to have to address that position as well. Yeah, and I think there. I mean, there are guys available that you could you could talk to. Jamal Williams is a free agent. Uh, Chris Carson is a free agent potentially. Uh, that could be an option. There are there are guys that you could bring in that I don't think would break the bank in terms of what they would cost. And Sean, the other angle to this too, and this is the angle that I'll bring to the table, is the offensive line class in the draft is really good. You can get a lot of value on day two and day three. In, in the draft for offensive linemen. Yeah, that's asking Steve Kime and, and the scouting department and the pro personnel department to find guys. But this is a pretty deep class to where you could get some value there. So I wonder if that plays a factor into it, what they think is going to be there for them at 16, what they think is going to be available to them with the remainder of their draft capital. Does that have an impact on the way that they attack free agency? Let me ask you another question. And okay. I'm kind of derailing it here. Very good. Always appreciate that. <laughs> what does, so we have the number now. We know the Cardinals are sitting at fourteen million. They got to get creative to open up more than that. We just talked. Yeah, I about got them to forty pretty easy, but right. Okay, that's fine. Let's say they get there. 
Uh, but we just talked about center, wide receiver, corner. Let's stay at wide receiver. What does the, the now that we have the numbers in front of us, what does this do for Larry Fitzgerald from a Cardinals oh. perspective? From a Cardinals perspective. Oh, why are you doing this to me on a Because Wednesday? I got to be honest, dude, this, um, this is the longest we've gone not knowing the last couple of years when, when, once we got to the, the time of his career where we start to wonder if he's coming back the next season, every off year, off season, this is what, year three, year four, whatever it is. Every year, we, you know, we have, we have an answer by now. Part of me thinks, and I'm just, I'm just supposing here. I don't know. More just supposing here on a Wednesday. Part of me thinks that it's not necessarily all Larry's decision, and that's why we're waiting. Oh. And I think now that we that's have the, an interesting and, and angle I think, there. And I think now that we have the final number, now that we know what that you know they ha- the franchise tag has come and gone, Cardinals did not use it, but now that we have an, an idea what the numbers look like. I think we're going to get an answer on the Larry Fitzgerald thing soon. And I, I mean, Sean, and, they could pay him and, 11 and, and, and they'd and, still have cash space. <laughs> and we'll never know. We will never know. Let's say he retires. We'll never know if that was just 100% his, and nor should we, but we'll never know if that was 100% his decision or if it was a combination of both or if it was the Cardinals' decision. Because i got to be perfectly honest. If I'm Steve Kime, I don't offer the contract. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't. And I, I, I don't even know if I go. This is hard to say. I, I think it's time as an organization to move forward. That's a tough sell. That is a tough sell, Sean. I don't know if you're going to be able to sell me on that here today. I, I get it, and, and I don't know if you're necessarily entirely wrong. But if Larry wants to be back, I think he's wearing a Cardinal jersey next season. I think if Larry goes to Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell and says, I want to play next season, there is a there's a contract in the desk that just gets pulled out and Larry Fitzgerald signs on the dotted line. No, it doesn't happen. That That's how it no, used no, to happen. No, it does. He used it, to, and he it used, still happens that he way. He used to walk in, no agent, just like Richard Sherman, you know, says, hey, guys, I'm playing football for you again next year. He shakes their hand. It was 11.5 every year. 11.5. You knew what the contract was going to be. It was going to be a one-year 11.5. You shake your hand. Awesome to have you back, Larry Legend. Can't wait to run it back next year. That ain't working that way this year. Can it I throw is, a name not. out there? Because he just got cut from his team, and this is this is going to happen a lot here over the next couple of shows that while we're doing Emmanuel the show, Sanders. something's going to happen. John Brown just got cut by the Buffalo John Bulls. Brown. Smokey. Could he come back? Could he return to the Valley? Different I would, offense? I would love Probably that. Probably fits his skill set a little bit better, what they're going to try to do here. I, 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 yeah, I would love that. People, if, people if, have already started connecting the dots on if, Twitter, and, I, and I think willing. it's a pretty good option. If he's willing, I'm all for it. What did he make last year? Let me look it up on Over the Cap. What did he make last year? You want me to look this up here for you? Let well, me just I, go to Cap. It, can, it can't be that much, right? No, it, it probably isn't, but let me look here. John Brown 7.3. Oh, no, I take it back. Yeah, last, last year it was 9.5 or he's me, set to be 9.5 you're really good at the internet last year his cap <laughs> number was 9.7 his base yeah. salary was a little north of seven yeah. his salary in 2021 is nine and a half all you that's have to do I Sean, to see that do you see the cap number box you just go mm-hmm. over and you read the year that's all I know, you have to do and I, I, I was looking at I, I was on the wrong damn box I was trying to do it fast and I was under guaranteed salary um the cap number like you said nine and a half and he, he's we been just, cut, so you could, you can just give him a new contract. Negotiate and it whatever probably the hell you won't want. be nine and a half, right? So 
That's interesting. And you, okay, you brought him up. Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent because I don't know if you know this, Sean, but the Saints basically have to cut their entire roster in order mm-hmm. to get another cap for next season. So they made that uh, decision today. Adam Schefter reporting that they're cutting Emmanuel Sanders. They're going to be cutting a lot more than that. Uh, but Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that could become available. So to your point, Sean, I think the wide receiver market is going to take shape for the Cardinals in a real in a really nice way. They are going to have a lot of options to where you know what. The Patriots of the world, the Jets of the world, the Dolphins of the world. Go ahead. You pay Kenny Galladay, you know, $18, $19 million. You pay Juju Smith-Schuster all that money. Go right ahead. Go talk to those guys. We'll we'll pay Corey Davis. We'll talk to Curtis Samuel. We'll talk to T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. This growing group, by the way, I think it's going to grow even more by the time free agency opens up. Uh, moratorium or the, the, uh, the legal tampering starts in five days. I think that group's going to get a lot bigger. So you're right. I think wide receiver would be low on my list of, of p- positions I feel like I need to uh, overpay for just because I've already kind of paid. The, I paid DeAndre Hopkins. I can't have two big-time contracts on my on But my the cap. market's That's also going to be deep, and you're going to be able to you're going to bargain. You're going to be able to bargain shop at the position. You can't do that at, at, at center. I don't think you definitely don't think you can do it at center. And I think you, I think you can do it to an extent at corner. So if you know if I had to rank them in terms of which – yeah, we got the good old fashioned supposed and rank the good old fashioned rankums going wow. on today. Throwback today on a Wednesday. But if we were going to rank them, I would put center as the position I'm most comfortable overpaying a little bit for, followed by corner because you get a little bit deeper of, of a of a group there available to you, and I think it's also going to grow. And then wide receiver, I think you're going to be able to bargain shop. Same with running back, I think you can bargain shop to get depth there. So in terms of free agency, those are my orders that I'm willing to spend big on. My order of of issue and need. I think corner and center can be interchangeable, one and two, uh, depending on where you're at. I still lean corner, followed by wow, wide receiver and running back. Well, we now have a, a better picture of what the Cardinals are going to be dealing with here this offseason. But the Cardinals, Sean, I don't know if you know this, they're not the only team that is going to uh, be able to add to their roster for 2021. There are other teams in the National Football League that will be in the mix. And one team just gave out a big-time contract to their quarterback. We'll discuss that and the other news from around the National Football League next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Four years, $160 million, Sean. It finally happened. That is the contract that Dak Prescott signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Is this Tuesday? No, it was Monday night. It was Monday night when that contract got signed. $126 million, I believe, in guarantees, the most guarantees given uh, in a contract in NFL history. And, Sean, the, the long wait is over. They, they put the franchise tag on him as a formality, but he will be playing uh, under a four-year $160 million contract extension. And, and Sean, I will, I will use this opportunity to basically say the Dallas Cowboys have locked themselves in uh, to, to this roster for probably the next four seasons with the money that they're doling out uh, to Dak Prescott, and they got to hope that they can win in the next four years. But uh, Dak certainly uh, showed off his value by not playing last year when he got hurt of what that offense looked like. So Dallas kind of put themselves in this spot where they really had no choice but to, to sign this deal. And that's one of the one of the big moves that we've seen this offseason. And I think it is going to set the stage for what is going to be a fun next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, the Dak Prescott deal for me, it's, it's fascinating in a, in a handful of different ways, right? Like the, the Cowboys could have had a deal that was like, for instance, I think Dak won this negotiation. Absolutely. There was a there was a ta- there was a deal on the table last year, according to reports from his camp, that the Cowboys could have offered and saved themselves a handful of money, uh, in in doing so. But they didn't. They went the franchise tag route. With this contract, Dak Prescott has a no franchise tag clause once this contract hits its final year. 
Dak Prescott has a no trade clause built in. Dak Prescott is win won this negotiation completely with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if you're the Cowboys, it's awesome to finally have this in the rearview mirror, right? We know who your quarterback's going to be going forward. That's always nice to know. Um, but I just don't know how you continue to field a, a competitive roster in Dallas with the way that they have divvied out their money and the per- percentages of their salary cap that are within just, what, three key offensive weapons. But Dak Prescott, the Zeke Elliott contract was crazy, the Amari Cooper contract, you know, like the amount of money you have. I just don't know how you continue to put a competitive team around this, this group. Uh, defensively, they were atrocious last year. They were absolutely atrocious last year, and it didn't matter if Dak was putting up 35 points a game before the injury. It didn't matter. They weren't winning football games, and I just don't know how you fix that considering the amount of cap space you've put into the Dak Prescott contracts, the Zeke Elliott contracts, Mm -hmm. the Mark Cooper contracts. It just felt like they were spending recklessly, uh, and they've put themselves in a position where, yeah, you got some talented players on that roster, but not enough. Not enough good football play. You better hit in the draft, man. You better hit well, in the draft can, the next couple of years. Otherwise, you're going to see a, t- a quarterback in Dak Prescott, a running back in Zeke Elliott, who really hasn't looked like himself since the contract. And then, you know, Amari Cooper, a nice piece as well. But they can put up as many points as they want. If they're getting beaten shootouts constantly, it's not going to matter. I, I, I think they can win their division pretty easily, that's right? If you, if you, if you, if yeah. you. Okay, but if but that's the thing, right? If you win your division, you're making the playoffs, and you're hosting you're hosting a home playoff game. That's a pretty big deal. And I think in that division, they are certainly uh, capable enough talent wise in order to win that division. Because I think Washington is still a ways away. They're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Philadelphia, I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts in the direction that they're going with that team yet. And I still think the jury is out on uh, on on Daniel Jones in New York, right? I mean, I think they're still trying to figure out where they're at with the quarterback position. Dallas, they got their guy. They paid him. They probably paid him a little late, and it cost them a little bit, but they have the guy that they believe that they can win with. I don't know if you can say that about the rest of that division. So it's an, it's a pretty important distinction that Dallas has over the rest of that division, and if that's enough to get you to win that to win the NFC East and then be able to host a playoff game, that, that's a pretty important thing to be able to have in your back pocket. Then the conversation shifts to, are they a Super Bowl contender? And I don't know if that roster is anywhere near Not even close. what Green Bay's roster is, what Tampa's roster is, um, potentially what we might see from the Rams with the way that that team looks with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, where I still think they're behind the teams that I just mentioned. And that's the difference because they don't, they're not going to have the salary cap space to add. And I know Dak's number in year one, I think is only 22 million against the cap. And then it's 33 next year. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really hit that 40 number till year three and year four. So good job by the Dallas front office, mainly Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones for structuring the contract in a way that gives them a little bit of flexibility, but they're going to have, they're going to have to hit on draft picks. Right? That, it's, that's going to be the, the, where they're going to make or break whether or not they, they have a Super Bowl window. Uh, Sean, really quick here before we get out of here the franchise tag nine guys got franchise tag anything shock you there i figured we probably close discussing the nine guys that got tagged and maybe the guys that didn't get tagged if anything stood out to you there no nothing stood out um or shocked me yesterday or or even this morning in some of the the franchise tags that we've seen um some guys that i was hoping my raiders would be able to go after have gotten franchise tags so other than that i'm i'm you know there's the siren we we need to build the siren you know we need to build the siren Uh, other than that no there's been no shocking moves from the with the franchise tag at all i think we're in store and again we're recording this wednesday at uh about 11 o'clock in the morning so this will change by the time the show even goes up on the air i was gonna say the shocking moments are going to be with who gets released in the next 48 this you know 72 72 hours hours. you know somewhere Mm -hmm. around there i think i think we're going to get a couple in the next 72 hours that are going to make us go wow 
Because when is it legal tampering period begins? The 15th. So it's so two Monday. days before. So, right. yeah. So Monday and then free agency opens on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I have two names, actually, that I want to bring to the table that I thought were shocking. One guy that got the tag and one guy that didn't get the tag. I, I was a little surprised that the Bears ultimately decided to tag Allen Robinson. And, and I, I guess you? I understand it from, from their perspective because you don't want to just lose him to free agency. Exactly right. But, man, does it, does it really not feel like he wants to be there? And, and, and that situation could get really ugly really quickly but you're he trying, really doesn't want to be there here's the problem with it, no i you're trying to replace I get the it quarterback from pace, and i get it from pace and Nagy's perspective yes they got to win this year or they're gone and yeah. alan robinson helps them win they can't just let him walk in free agency i get it i was just shocked that it just doesn't feel like that's a situation that's going to work for both sides because alan robinson he puts up numbers no matter who's throwing him the ball he was great right. in jacksonville when they were going through a quarterback mess he's had a quarterback mess in chicago and he's been one of the top 10 15 receivers in the league so he, no matter who's throwing him the ball, he's going to be good. But for him, he's probably sitting there feeling he's, what, 27 years old. He's probably feeling like, man, I want to go to a place where I can win. And he might not feel Chicago's that place. So I was a little surprised by that. And I was also surprised that the Chargers didn't tag Hunter Henry for a second. I, okay, I forgot about that one. of the key one. pieces of their offense. Yeah, that one and, surprised me. And for, me. Him, for, for, for them to let him enter the free agency market, I mean, do they really feel comfortable with their offensive weapons being Keenan Allen? And, uh, and Mike Williams, I mean, Mike Williams is a solid number two, but I think Hunter Henry was a bigger part of that offense. Now, that doesn't mean they can't bring him back, but I was certainly surprised uh, that they didn't. And it's a raise when you tag a guy a second time. I certainly understand that. Yep. But, you mean, he in that offense with Justin Herbert, he was ready to thrive and, and did last year. So I was a little bit surprised by that. And maybe one other one, because it's only a one-year deal and the running back number is not that big, I'm surprised that the Packers didn't tag Aaron Jones and try to go for it one more time. I didn't. I don't expect them to give Aaron Jones a big long-term contract extension. But you tag a running back for one year, what was it going to be? Eight, nine million dollars. He's been. He was really good for them. It's not a big number on their cap, and they can kind of go for it again. I was a little surprised. I would certainly put that last on the list. That's why I mentioned it last compared to the other two things I, I, I named. But there were definitely options for some teams that you know, that, uh, that you know Kenny Galladay in Detroit, right? They ultimately decided not to tag him. Uh, that's going to work out great for Kenny Galladay. Huh? Um, but uh, but for Detroit, I don't know who Jared Goff's throwing the ball to next season. I really I don't. Think. I, don't I don't know. If, I don't know if Detroit wants Jared Goff throwing the ball to anybody. I got you. Know, I'll see. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how. T- I don't know how much he's a part of their long term plans. If you pick up what I'm putting down there, I, I, I well, think he yeah, might be I, more I get of a bridge type situation. That's fair. But you want the whoever you're ultimately going to pass the baton to to have guys to throw the ball to. <laughs> and Kenny Galladay is one of those guys, and you're just letting him walk. So, but yes, Sean, to your to your larger point, I think the next 48 to 72 hours are going to be really important. I mean, as we're sitting here, right, as we're sitting here on the show, and this isn't major breaking news, but it's just some of the stuff that's out there. Matt Rule having media availability with the media said that Christian McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson restructured their contracts to give the Panthers more salary cap space. You're going to see a lot of that around the league. Bum, bum, you are going to see. You're going to see a lot of that around the league. Maybe they're Deshaun opening Watson. cap space for Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's contract. Deshaun Watson um, to Carolina, mark it down. You're going to see a lot of teams do that. They're going to be talking to their guys to restructure contracts to give them more payroll flexibility. So it, it's, it's easy for us to sit here, and we did the whole segment on and on, hey, this is where the Cardinals sit right now because this is going to change. The dynamics of the league, I think, are going to change in a way this offseason that we haven't seen in years past, Sean. I think guys are going to be more apt to take one-year deals and let the market reset next year. I think teams are going to restructure more contracts than they've ever restructured before and kind of push the, the baton down the road to when they have more salary cap space and they're able to have more cash up front. I think you're going to see teams and general managers get really, really creative, and that's fun. I enjoy that. The offseason is one of my favorite parts. As a Jets fan, I don't really enjoy much of the regular season portion <laughs> of the National Football League. It's this stuff that 
that yep. I really enjoy because this is where everybody has hope. And I and I love seeing different general managers approach things differently uh, and, and, and make things happen. The Titans uh, re- released uh, Kenny Vaccaro. Like these are some of the things that are going to happen over the next couple of days while we're doing the show. So it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to keep to keep an eye on. All right. We got to get out of here. Sean's got to prep. He's got a big streak on the line today. OK, he's got to go do some color commentary for ASU in the past. Right heater. So. Don't want to hold uh, hold you up for for prep for later on today. Uh, so you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. Follow Sean on Twitter. He's going to be calling the game today. Color commentary in the booth at S Crespin zero two on Twitter. We will be back on Friday, where I'm sure everything we talked about here today on the show will have completely changed because that is the way the NFL is going to work. So we'll have to have a brand new conversation about this on Friday, and that's going to be our last chance to talk before the free agency uh, legal tampering period opens up. So expect a big show on Friday. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you then.